It's time for the one and only, the premier, the only official podcast of Pro Rodeo. Your suit bosses are ready, so let's give it a go and talk some rodeo. Welcome back into the Shoot Bosses. It is our first episode of season number two. Tracy, it's hard to believe that we already worked our way through 21 episodes in season one towards the back half of uh, that 2023 Pro Rodeo season all the way up to the NFR and kind of a recap after that. But uh, we're already on to, to season number two here, man, as the, the 2024 season heats up. Yeah, this is all part of this dream I had years ago to hopefully we could ever do this. And now that we were able to do it and obviously the talent that you had and we had other people involved to push in this and it's been fantastic. Can't wait to see what the 2024 Pro Rodeo season has in store. It'll be a lot of great uh, headlines and highlights for us to watch. Storylines, we've got a lot of those we're going to get into here on this episode. Also, Tracy, towards the back end of the show, we're going to sit down and talk with the, the 2023 announcer of the year, Anthony Lucia. And I just can't wait because he's a big personality and he's really starting to become a great rodeo announcer. And the, the fans, the contestants, they realized that this past year. Yeah, I mean, he gets that award, and I know he was emotional when he got that award at South Point because of his father and being a Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, especially act. And Anthony, I, the interesting thing I want to see is just his backstory. I mean, everybody yeah. knows the things he's done, but I, I would be interested to see what we can talk to him about how he got to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get there, we're going to jump a little bit into the, the bones of the show, and as we always do, Tracy, we're going to start things off with Pro Rodeo props, and this one is uh, a no-brainer. The passing of Calgary Stampede's standout horse, Graded Coconut, one of, if not the best, you know, horse of all time in pro rodeo on the rough stock side of things, passed away, and that's just a horse that everybody knows in the sport. Yeah, I mean that that horse was like a ninety every time it was yeah. out. I mean, that, that, if you if you drew that horse and you did your job, you're going to win a check and you're probably going to win the rodeo. And I, I mean, and Calgary Stampede's had their share of great horses, but he's. He's probably at the top of the list. Yeah, he ties descent for those six PRCA world titles, also six Canadian world titles, went to eight NFRs. Like, the horse literally did it all. You know, we're not yeah. just talking about, you know, a once in a, every two or three years NFR horse. Maybe he won NFR horse of the year. This was this is the gold standard in rodeo. I mean, to win 12 horses of the year between yeah, PRCA two and Canadian, I mean, yeah. well, it's one thing to stay strong for a few years. But to be the best of the best for six years as a horse and the health and everything, you know, anything can go wrong. It's, they're unpredictable at times. But that horse was just incredible. And it was it was so, like, it was. stout. Like, it, it, it almost looks weird when you see pictures because it was so, he was so strong. Yeah, that, just that, a big horse. I mean, and, and he could buck. Man, he could buck. Yeah, that picture we have on the front <laughs> of that uh, Pro Rodeo Sports News, you can just see how, you know, special genetically that horse was but we mentioned headlines and storylines as we get into the the month of february here tracy and we're going to go back to to some really important ones that have happened speaking of horses star rafter g horse assault uh, has his last out at the fort worth stock show and rodeo so mm -hmm. you know that's something where that horse had a great career as well i think 14 trips to the nfr yeah. 10 is a bareback horse four is a saddle bronc you know the longevity was there and i think uh jim gay said he never missed a single out did he never no yeah, injuries no, no injuries and that, crazy. that's incredible yeah. i mean I mean, that horse was strong. And what you want is a consistent, solid horse. I mean, yeah. if you can go to the NFR five, five or six times as a horse, that's pretty remarkable. But to go 14 and do it in two different events, yeah. I mean, most horses don't do two events great. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might do one in Saddle Bronc really well, and they could do bareback. But usually they're hard to do both very well. And that horse did both very well. And, I mean, Jim Gay had said that's probably the best horse they've had. And that speaks highly 
of how yeah. great that horse is, knowing how that, that stock contract company's been around for decades. Yeah, let's dive into another one of our headlines. Uh, reigning PRCA world champion bull rider Kai Hamilton going to be forced to miss quite a bit of the 2024 season, Tracy. We wrote indefinitely online, you know, and that indefinite means he's out for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking a a six to eight month recovery, probably there for a torn labrum in his shoulder. And uh, just unfortunate to see for Kai, you know, he battled through injuries to win his world title in Las Vegas. And then he comes out and has another one that originally occurred in Denver, you know, back in early January. Yeah, and it looked like he just pulled his shoulder out. And it just kept coming out. Right, and it comes to a point where, you know, those Cowboys, there's no question that there's no, you can't question their toughness, but there comes a point you just can't ride anymore without, you know, causing lifelong harm. And it's unfortunate. I mean, the crazy thing is, is we start the 24 season, there's no Stetson riding all around for the time being. Or bull riding. Or bull riding. And Kai Hamilton's out. I mean, it opens the door to a lot of young up-and-comers or guys that have said, hey, I want to be the bull riding champ. I mean, obviously, Josh Frost has knocked on the door the last several years. And all around, all around's wide open this year. I mean, mm-hmm. and who knows? I mean, I, I don't foresee Stetson. I mean, possibly. It just depends how fast guys come back from injury. But the door's wide open and the money's there for someone to make a run at it this year in both those events. Yeah, and Kai mentioned to us that he's expected to have surgery towards the back half of February, then probably a six-month recovery. So he could maybe be in that July to August window, and he still has all the confidence in the world that he can go out and make the NFR. And it's possible. I mean, it's hard Stet- to doubt a guy in bull riding. Yeah, Stetson Wright won, what? $120,000 just in bull riding in the month of September last right, year. Right, so one month. I yeah. Mean, so, and, I mean, that was kind of heroic and yeah. unheard of. But Kai's got that same type of ability. He does. A lot of it depends on draws, and a lot of things have to go your way. Could he make the NFR? Yeah, if you get on a heater like that. I mean, you're, you're going to be pressed for time. You're going to have to be traveling across the country to make as many rodeos as possible. But I, I don't doubt bull riders only because... If you can get to Calgary or you can get to a rodeo in July, the days of 47, the pace huge. And with the ground money counting in bull riding, there's the possibility. The other events, when ground money doesn't count, it's a lot harder when the, the big money rodeos stop paying out towards, you know, in different parts of the season. I, I would love to see Kai make that, and that would be an incredible story. I would love to see Stetson make it in maybe mm-hmm. one, of, one of his events. It, it's just going to make things a lot different this year because every year for the last several years, yeah. Stetson Wright's going to win the all-around. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Trevor Brazil for 14 years practically. So, it, it, But change is good. And now we get these other guys a chance that you can make that crowning achievement, maybe change your career. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. And sadly, we have some more injury news to talk about. But this one has a little bit of a different outcome, Tracy. Uh, I was down in Fort Worth covering the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Had a chance to sit down and talk with Shad Mayfield after he won the title in the tight end roping. And he comes out and tells me, uh, you know, he mentioned it in the arena to, to Katie Lucas. But he came out and told me that, uh, you know, after the NFR, he'd been dealing with a lot of hip tightness, a lot of pain in his hips. And so he went and sat down with the Justin Sports Medicine team and Dr. Tandy Freeman. And they actually told him he has two labrums in both hips both his left and his right hip and they you know they encouraged him hey you probably need to have go in there and have these fixed because you know it's something that can ultimately lead to having hip replacements and the guy's 23 years old he wins Fort Worth though and says you know I'm on a roll I don't think I want to don't think I want to waste this start to the year. He's already, you know, closing in on $70,000. But, mm-hmm. you know, an interesting topic right now amongst a lot of fans in Rodeo. Yeah, I mean, it's once again, it's kind of like Kai and different guys. How, how much can you deal with the pain without mm-hmm. causing lifelong, long-term injuries to yourself? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that'd be the biggest question he'd have to answer to himself. And it's really hard when you have, like, $70,000 won by yeah. like February 3rd. And you probably you only need about forty more thousand, and you're going to get to the NFR, maybe less. Exactly. And so he sees that window, and he sees these big rodeos, and 
I, I could see him fighting through that fight, and I know it bothered him last year. He never probably admit it, and maybe he did in some sense, that Riley Webb broke his record that he had for one oh, he, year. Oh, he has that quote. You yeah, saw my yeah. quote in the story. You know, yeah. He said, Riley broke my record. I want it back. Yeah, and, and those guys take a lot of pride. I mean, he won $203,000, and you thought, there's no way someone's going to catch him. Yeah. And then Riley Webb does it the next year. And that's a testament to what rodeos pay nowadays. Mm-hmm. But... I could see him with the toughness he has. The thing that's crazy to me is you wouldn't realize that he was injured because he's so athletic. I mean, he's what, and he won six. with the seven eight and had yeah. a seven five in the semis. Yeah, he's like six two, probably what one eighty, what two hundred. He yeah. looks like a cornerback in football. He's built that way, and you think to have hip problems like that. How many runs do you have to make from the time you're probably like ten years old to twenty three to start having those problems? And, and that's 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 the the, the drawback of the dedication you yeah. have to put in to be great is you have to do a lot of runs. You have to do a lot of things. And sometimes it's like tennis elbow or it's certain things that reoccur because you put in so much time and effort. But he's got a gold buckle in 20. And I know he wants to add more than that. He's too talented not to get more gold buckles. Yeah, and that's something that Chad even mentioned. You know, he said there was probably days where when he was about 12 to 13 years old, all the way for maybe up until recently where he was running 20 to 30 calves a day on eight different horses. You know, that just shows that you're getting off. You're getting off your horse on a full sprint every single time. You know, that's having a lot of impact. And he said, you know, this injury has kind of made him realize that he maybe needs to take care of his body a little bit more. You know, he has to sit back and remember, we are professional athletes. You know, guys like Tom Brady, LeBron James, that longevity, it's because they took care of themselves Mm -hmm. and they were in great shape. So I'd be interested to see what uh, Shad decides. It sounds like he's going to go full bore here in 2024 and kind of see how it shakes out. But going to probably have to address that injury before too long. Well, it's like Stetson Wright. At some yeah. point, he said, okay, I've won these gold buckles. I'm going to have to miss till July or whatever it is in 24. I mean, at some point, you have to say, what, what's best for me, Stetson, right? At 23 to, years at old. At 23 yeah. years old, to stay healthy, to, to win more gold buckles down the road. And that's why Stetson's out. I mean, Stetson could probably maybe on some level come back in two or three months. And, he could have rehabbed it. Right, yeah. and fight the fight. But you want to come back fully healthy. I mean, there's no... There's no guarantees with injuries in rodeo, especially in bull riding and different events, but you want to give yourself the best opportunity. You don't. How many times do we see in all these sports, oh, I came back too early. Yeah. I came back too early, and as soon as you come back, oh, my gosh, I hurt, I pulled my hamstring, yeah. I tweaked my knee. And, cause you want, Is that a direct shot at me yeah, or what? Because that, that, that's all those guys know, though. That's their yeah, life. That's so it's hard to sit. There's your livelihood and sit back and watch. So, But hopefully, Shad, he'll make the right decision. I mean, his dad's a former NFR guy. Like, He's got a lot and, of really good people yeah, in his and, and he, he knows what to do but it's sad when you see guys have to deal with that at such a young age yeah no doubt about it so we'll be keeping an eye on those injuries as the the pro rodeo season progresses here on the shoot bosses uh it's time for our eight question segment this one's going to be a good one we set with down with uh, the 2002 prca world champion steer wrestler sid steiner the father of uh, none other than rocker steiner and just a good dude tracy infectious personality and uh you know was really one of those guys in the early 2000s just let it all hang out man yeah, I mean, he's his own personality. I mean, he was Larry Mahan on steroids. I mean, he's Sid Rock. That's what he called him. They yeah. did a big feature story on Sid Rock, and he played the part. But I, I don't have a problem with guys playing the part when you're winning world championships. And he retired super young. Like, he did, yeah. He retired. He won the, he won the world. He's wearing pleather. He, he, he was quoted in the story I did on him several years ago, a recap of the Sid Rock story, that he was wearing pleather jeans, like Wrangler pleather jeans. I like it. Black. But, I mean, that's unheard of at <laughs> yeah. the NFR. But he won the world and basically just walked away. I mean, how many guys can do that when he was still in his 20s? Yeah. And he's such a great personality. And 
I mean, I, I enjoy being around him, but he, he's cool. He's cool to us. We enjoy, enjoy the time we have with him. And it, it's great that you were able to stop and talk to him at Fort Worth. Yeah, let's do it. Let's join uh, Sid Steiner for our eight question segment. It's time for eight questions with world champion Sid Steiner. Sid, most memorable moment of your pro rodeo career? Probably watching my kids. You know, I mean, if you, unless you're just talking about my career, but as far as pro rodeo goes, I, I enjoy watching my kids more than anything. What's, uh, what's the most memorable moment that you've seen Rocker do in his career? Well, you know, the deal at Darby, Montana, the, the 95 really was pretty incredible. I mean, I, I felt like when I was watching it go down, I, I really kind of felt like it was a dream, and I, and I, I really didn't know what I was watching. And uh, so that, that, to me, was, you know, pretty, pretty memorable. Uh, watching him, I didn't get to go to Calgary with him that year, but watching Calgary on TV win the 50, pretty big deal. You know, he, he's really had so many big moments uh, for, a young, for a young guy. It's been, been pretty incredible. And then I got to watch my daughter win Tucson a few years back, which was, which was pretty neat too. So, yeah, just seeing your kids compete and be successful at, at the things they love to do and work at is a really neat dad moment. Have you ever had the urge to come back and compete? No, no, because because uh, Rocker would win so much more than I was going to win, and, and Steely too. I I, I don't I don't want to be the third place guy in the family. So no, I, no, my day is over. Yeah, for you, Sid. I guess you know at this point in, in your life, you know, looking back on wh what you've done in the sport of rodeo, what makes the sport so special? You know, I think it's like anything else. You get out what you put in, and I think anytime you, you your hard work pays off, and you know, there, there there's going to be ups and downs in the rodeo business. And uh, hurting hurts more than winning feels good. And so, you know, when you win at these big these big shows and, and, and you know that you'd worked hard for that, I really think that's one of the neat things about the rodeo business is you can roll up your sleeves and get to work and you can really make it happen. And these next questions are just going to be, we're going to go fire, fire around here. So uh -oh, uh -oh. rough stock or timed event? Rough stock. Um, apples or oranges? Apples. Flowers or candy? Flowers. If you had a chance to go back and do anything in your life, what would it be? Anything. I wouldn't change a thing about my life. I mean, I seriously, I, I, I feel like I'm living in a dream every day, and I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Well, Sid, we appreciate you sitting down with us for eight questions. Man, thank you for having me. Always great to sit down and talk with Sid Tracy, and you can just see how much love he has you know, for his rodeo career, but also just his kids. You know, seeing seeing Steely and seeing Rocker have the success they've had. He mentions that that's more important to him than some of the things he did in his career. Well, I can attest. As watch, a father, yeah, yeah. Watching my own daughter and son play sports when they succeeded, I mean, you have this euphoria of emotion that's nothing like. I mean, I was athletics at a lower level too, and yeah. there's nothing like seeing your kid or, or son or daughter succeed, especially at the highest level of the PRCA. So I, I agree with him there at 100. percent Yeah, we appreciate Sid sitting down and chatting with us. We'll have more great uh, interviews and questions coming your way with our eight question segment. But we're going to take a quick break here on the Shoe Bosses, and we come back. We'll have our Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame spotlight and so much more coming your way. We're back after this. Cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets. In our calloused hands, tested by barbed wire and rope. Our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist-all. We live it every day. 
Welcome back into the Shoot Bosses podcast. We mentioned we'll be sitting down to talk with Anthony Lucia. That'll be coming up in segment number three here of the show, the official podcast of Pro Rodeo. Tracy, it's time for our Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame spotlight. And this man, what he's done inside the arena speaks for itself. We're talking 1993 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee Bruce Ford, five-time world champion bareback rider, 18 trips to the National Finals Rodeo, which that's almost unheard of in bareback riding because it is so physically demanding. Yeah, he's one of the best, if not, yeah, I mean, probably top five ever. Right there with Casey, yeah. Yeah, he's from, I mean, that's the record Casey Field broke at six world titles. But to beat 18 NFRs in bareback riding, like you said, I mean, that's crazy. It just My based, neck hurts just thinking about it. Just based on the injuries. I <laughs> yeah. mean, guys guys that go on, even Casey only went to, I believe, 13, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, and guys that go over 10 in bareback is pretty rare. I mean, I just don't ever see that happening again, 18, and he's a Colorado guy. I mean, his family was involved with rodeo, his brothers. So, I mean, Bruce was fantastic, and I mean, well-deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, and his his name will never be forgotten in rodeo. Yeah, in 1982, he actually became the first Cowboy to ever win $100,000 in a single season in one event, which is crazy. You know, we went from that to now... Here we are in 2023, this past year, and every single contestant in the top 15 made over $100,000. So yeah, it just shows you rodeo's progressing. Yeah, and the, when the money's there, I mean, guys chase the dream harder, but yeah. at least at least there's a pot at the end of the rainbow, so to speak, for some of these guys. Yeah, it's time for our Did You Know segment here on the show, and this one is, did you know that the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo is one of the biggest events that the whole entire community of San Antonio sees an entire year? Second only to the Fiesta, they draw 1.5 million people coming to the rodeo and coming to the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. Yeah, and you've been there. I've been there, and it's a it's a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. I mean, they play. You know, it's at the home of the Spurs. It's now called Frost Bank Center. It was AT and T, but just a beautiful environment. Like you go there, and San Antonio's a great culture. I mean, we've been able to eat there and hang out there and do things. The Riverwalk, and it's a great place for a rodeo. And they go all out, and they've won what large indoor the rodeo of the year yeah. like twelve times. I mean, so they they know what they're doing, and they're great at it. And they have the volunteers and everybody that helps them get that job done. Yeah, we had some people here in our office that involved in the San Antonio where they, they lived there, went to school there, and they love their San Antonio. So uh, we appreciate them. Over 6,000 volunteers make that rodeo possible. So it's good to know that uh, the sport of rodeo, you know, loved by fans, but also the community of these these cities as well. Yeah, and I mean, communities like San Antonio are the lifeblood of rodeo. I mean, exactly. San Antonio... Fort Worth, I mean, go down the list, Reno and all these great rodeos, Houston. Historic rodeos. I mean, there's just historic rodeos, winter rodeos that progress into the summer. But you can't say enough, and I I don't want to go on the diatribe here, but the volunteers that help put on rodeos, whether it's Burwell, Nebraska, or whether it's San Antonio, I mean, this stuff doesn't happen without hours and hours of volunteers and we can't say enough to what those people do yeah a lot of work that other people don't want to do that makes it all possible so we definitely appreciate them no doubt about it it's time for our viewer question here tracy and uh this one is uh coming from tiffany on facebook she wants to know when is the championship for circuit contestants and so you know this is going to be a little bit different than it was in the past you know in years past it was called the ram national circuit finals rodeo and now it's here in colorado springs tracy yeah the nfr open so it it, they, they branded it so it has a little more exposure. And moving it to Carter Springs made sense because it's, the crowds in, have been great. Yeah, it's yeah. in our backyard, but the crowds are fantastic. I mean, the biggest drawback they had when it was in Kissimmee 
and in Oklahoma City before that and Guthrie in between there. It, it wasn't that they weren't wonderful facilities. It's just they couldn't draw the crowd. Yeah, it was tough. For different reasons. And now Carter Springs it wants it here. We've added performances, mm-hmm. and I, it's July 9th through the 13th in 2024. So there's more rodeos, and you see top guys. I mean, the guys that won the NFR Open, almost all of them went to the NFR for the yeah. most part. The winners, I mean, mm-hmm. not everybody, but the winners. So you're going to see the best talent around, and it's great for those circuit guys to see that. I mean, we had guys winning $30,000 last yeah, year Trey Holston, Springs. Yeah, So, I mean, imagine that. I mean, 30000 that's a huge chunk of change. So it's changed, it's evolved, and it's given those circuit guys a reason to stay in the circuit, to have that opportunity to go out that kind of money. Yeah, and you, generally, you know, you mentioned that $30,000. There's not a lot of rodeos that these guys can go to during the summer months to get that type of money. So we've definitely seen more guys you know whether that's the the top 15 nfr guys or your you know just your weekend rodeo guy around home taking the circuits stuff a little more seriously because there is so much money to be had and then if you find a way to win there here in colorado springs you punch your ticket to pl up for the beginning of the cinch playoffs so it's a big system and uh, can't wait it should be a great event again here in springs and hopefully uh, mother nature keeps the rain away because last year was like working with the swamp people yeah, down there for last a while year it was puddles upon puddles and man it was just I mean, unfortunately, I mean, Carter, the weather changes. Yeah, name especially the, in the summer. Name yeah. the hour. But, yeah, I think it's a great setting for it, and I think it's only going to get bigger and better. It's a you know, million-dollar rodeo in the middle of the summer, so right after Cowboy Christmas. So it's just a fantastic event. Yeah, no doubt about it. As we talk about 2024, we got exciting news to announce. Buck has signed his contract. He's back for season number two. I don't know, Tracy. You might have to start feeding the guy a little bit more Carl's Jr. or something like that, but... Buck's back. He's ready to, to rock and roll and keep this train rolling on the shoot bosses. Yeah, I know he's got a word for the day, and I preface it. It looked like Buck might have slept in his car before he walked over and did the word of the day. The shirt, <laughs> the shirt's a little unironed. He looks like Buck. Looks like he's not a little worse for the wear, but that's what uh, some of the rodeo trail will do to you if you're Buck. Yeah, no doubt about it. Pro rodeo's finest. We'll send it down to Buck. He's got your word of the day. I'm Buck, insider for the Shoot Bosses, the official podcast of the PRCA. My word of the day is Vegas, as in Las Vegas, the home of the NFR since 1985. When it comes to Vegas and Buck, Vegas didn't treat Buck very well. Sleeping in cars and couches, and the casinos kept some of my money. I got to get it back when I go there. I'm sure they'll give it back to me because I'm Buck. Horses are one of nature's greatest gifts, which is why they deserve the very best that nature has to offer. Since we've started using hemp flavor, our horses are calmer, more willing, more athletic. And the daily pellet, they eat it in their feed. My horses are picky. For them to eat it says something. The stuff's really just been lightning in the bottle. Equine Hemp Solutions, we support your horse so you can support your lifestyle. Proud supporter of your Western Sports Association. Go to the Equine Solutions website below and use Cowboy 10 and receive 10% off your order. Welcome back into the Shoot Bosses podcast, the official podcast of Pro Rodeo, Tanner Barth and Tracy Rink here. And Tracy, we teased it off the top of the show, but we're getting ready to sit down with, with Anthony Lucia, the 2023 PRCA Announcer of the Year, and can't wait to catch up with him. Yeah, Anthony's a great guy. I've known him for pretty much the whole time I've been here. Just fantastic sense of humor, just a great announcer, just a great guy to communicate with and knowing the business yeah and he has brings his personality whether he's inside the arena outside of it anthony's now joining us here on the podcast first of all anthony we just want to thank you for joining us we know you got a, a busy schedule going on this winter 
Well, I'm thankful to be a part of the the Shoot Bosses podcast. And after that introduction, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of a letdown. But thank you for the kind words. I don't think that's the case because the first thing we have to talk to you about, Anthony, is you know going to be one of the most uh, special achievements I think maybe in your life, your pro rodeo career. You were named the 2023 Pro Rodeo Announcer of the Year. Take me through that what that was like for you, Anthony, because you got a little emotional on stage. <laughs> Yeah, being nominated, uh, I got nominated in 2022 for Announcer of the Year, and and uh, just being nominated is special, like to be recognized by your peers. Um, I've had a ton of people ask me since then, they're like, who gets to vote on that? I said, every member of the PRC, I don't know if they all vote, but they all have the opportunity. If you're a card-carrying member, you get to vote. So the mere fact of being recognized on the list of guys that I that I was on there with, whether it was Wayne Brooks, Bob Tallman, Will Rasmussen, Gary Yergin. Of course, Randy Corley's a legend and an icon and has won like 20-something announcer of the year titles, which is just hard for me to fathom. But if you've been around Randy or you know Randy, then it makes sense because he's he's just an incredible human being. But, you know, and then you think of all the guys for me, like Boyd Paul Hamas and all of the, the greats, the Roger Mooney's and so many so many incredibly talented people that have been recognized and and it's one of those things where i don't i i don't really i work really hard to try to be good and to not suck is my that's my goal every day is to let suck just a little bit less than the next day some days i don't do so well but when you get the opportunity to be recognized on that stage, it's just special plain and simple whether you win or not it's so special and then there's so many guys that haven't been on that list that in my humble opinion are well worthy of it and deserving of it. So for me to be even nominated is cool. And then watching my dad, you know, for so many years, who was a, is a pro rodeo hall of famer and passed away in 2016, but to see all of his accomplishments throughout his career and work in the NFR and uh, he won specialty actor address act of the year, three different times, and I was flooded with emotion, one, because I didn't think that I had a chance to win it, honestly. Um, I, you, When you do what we do, you don't do it for awards. You do what you do. You do what we do as announcers to impact every rodeo in a positive way and tell the stories of the athletes and the animals and to hopefully engage the fans and give them give them a, a happy feeling for two and a half hours. And so the awards are just a cherry on top, to be honest. And they are so special and it's awesome. But I don't wouldn't say any of us uh, do what we do to get the buckle or to get the, you know, the recognition like that. Because, gen and I can speak for myself, I genuinely love my job. And it, whether it's a two-day rodeo in, in Iowa or, you know, Pendleton Extreme Bulls or Oakley, Utah or Salt Lake City Days of 47 or Ashland, Missouri, I get that same joy and excitement every time before I ride into the arena or if I'm in an announcer stand and I turn my mic on to say hello to the fans. So like this is going to sound like like a I don't even know, like a fake answer, but like my award is literally getting to make a living doing this and the awards are so special and it just makes you like it was so unbelievable when I won it. And a lot of the emotion that, that everybody saw and all of my friends had given me heck for um, comes from the emotion that I felt. I watched my dad time and time again get nominated, 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 never won it. 
And my dad was a bit grumpy at times. And I don't know if that reflected on whether, you know, he wasn't always the nicest guy to everybody, but everybody respected him. And I, and I respect him and loved him. But then when he did win it, I saw, he always said, Oh, they don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. But then when he did win it, I saw the emotion he had on his face and what it meant to him and what those buckles meant to him in his career. And that's a guy who's done everything, um, worked every major rodeo, his rodeo list, comparatively speaking, makes me feel like I'm doing a really bad job. Um, but when you're a specialty actor and announcer, it's two very different businesses. But so that's where the emotion came from. And I don't remember who got the photo, but there was one where I looked up because I was just like, we did it. And I feel like my dad put me on a path and he taught me how to work hard and whatever I do. And that award was meant more to be able to say I'm carrying on his legacy and it was almost like an affirmation to the path that that I'm on. And sometimes it's, you know, even with what y'all do, there's days where you're like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And so that award meant a lot to me. And and getting to be a part of the rodeos that I get to do, that's the that's the amazingness of what I my life. But it was sure special. And Anthony, you talk about how much you enjoy your job. A lot of people, and maybe not so much that are tied into rodeo, but they think announcers just show up and, hey, they get to go to rodeos. But what's your schedule like? I mean, I know you guys have to get selected to announce at rodeos. Talk to us. I mean, you guys almost seem like maybe NBA players to an extent or Major League Baseball players as much time as you guys spend on the road. Yeah, we spend a lot of time on the road. And then a lot of, you know, there's there's a side of announcing that nobody ever sees because – for two and a half hours, we're paid to be perfect, or at least our version of perfect, um, because we are representing that entire rodeo, that committee, that community, um, all the volunteers who work so hard to put the rodeos on. We're representing the contestants. We're representing the stock contractor, because that's the voice that the fans hear, whether it's on the Cowboy Channel or whether it's it's in-house. And so we put a ton of work in so that in those two hours we're prepared for anything, whether it's the stats on all the athletes or the stories, the new, you know, the stories of what they went through or going through or this, that, and the other, or the great stories of the incredible bucking horses and bulls and the genealogy that they represent, the legacies that they carry on. And so there's a ton of, of work that I'm a, I'm a rodeo weirdo. And I think I can think that's why you guys and me, I think that's why we all get along so much because we love the sport. We love the people of the sport. And that's a, you know, I'll spend hours doing research and studying and learning about if I go to new communities and cities and towns and learning about what makes that community tick and the, whether it's their local high school football team or, you know, if they lost or won in the championship or just trying to ingrain yourself in the community so that when you do flip the mic on, you're not just some redneck wearing a cowboy hat that likes to hear himself talk and uh, which I kind of do like to hear myself talk, but that's not the point guys. Uh, but no, there's a lot of work that goes into it. The time spent on the road is can be taxing, but also you don't do it unless you love it. And we all signed up for this. Nobody's making us do this. Any, any athlete on any sport, if they complained about a practice or being away from their families, we chose to do this and we, we love doing it. And so that's the, that's the drive is, you got to love it. Like we finished up at Fort Worth and that was almost three weeks and I was home for two days and now I'm in San Antonio. I'll be here for 18 days 
and then I'll be home for a couple of days and then go to the cinch timed event in at the lazy and then home for a couple of days, then go to Arlington for the American. And, and then I get a month off about a month off, a little less than a month off, not even a month. Dang it. I thought I had a month off anyways, but it's like, so I saw a meme the other day and I know I'm getting long winded, but that's what I get paid for. So whatever. But I saw a meme the other day, they said, sometimes you need to take a step back because you'll realize you're in the middle of what you prayed for. And it's like the other day when I was just like, got to push through, you know, get through Fort Worth and Fort Worth is such an awesome rodeo and then leave home again and drive further South to be in San Antonio. And then it's like, there were days that I literally watched Fort Worth or would look at the results every night. Or if there was clips on Facebook, I would go watch Fort Worth or San Antonio just to, because I love it. And now to get to be a part of these rodeos, oh my goodness, it's a dream come true. Anthony, you know, you've seen so many great performances in your time, whether you were announcing or, you know, just watching the rodeo. Is there a certain performance from a cowboy that sticks out to you as one you'll never forget? I know where that's a little broad uh, when it comes to everything you've seen. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is hard to narrow down. But so I'll tell you one that that sticks out to me from when I was a kid that made me that helped make me a fan. And it was from Cody, Wyoming, and it was Glenn O'Neill. And I, I can't remember the name of the horse, but it was an Ike Sankey horse, a big buckskin horse. And it was one of the most incredible rides that I've ever seen. And like, I, I can still vividly see it in my mind. And then another aspect or another instance was that helped make me a fan was Billy Upbauer on Rio Bravo at the NFR. And then there you think of guys like Cody Olin, Fred Whitfield and Speed and Rich and Clay Tryon and Patrick Smith and, and those are the guys that made me want to be a rodeo announcer because I wanted to tell those stories. And I wanted to be, even though I had nothing to do with their performance, I wanted to be a part of those, those, those stories that live on forever and hopefully make an impact on the people and the fans that are watching the same way that those did on me. Um, but most recently, I would say, obviously, Kai during the NFR is something that none of us will ever forget. Like that was such a a sports amazing moment just in in the entirety of sports. But Stetson last year at the Pendleton Extreme Bulls finals, the performance that he put on winning 3 or 4 rounds in that arena, sold out crowd in Happy Canyon part of the Pendleton Roundup. That was just unbelievable, but one of the things that I really enjoy seeing is when those young guys that are now stars and now I'm far enough along in this business where I remember when Cade Sonier was getting on his very first horses or Jacob Lees was a circuit guy in California. Um, or you watched guys like Pedro Agarola and JC Flake, who I remember watching at jackpots and now to see them have such success in rodeo, like those are the special moments. But again, any guy that's willing to run his hand in a rigging back in the box and compete that's what makes me a fan because it's so special the money that they spend to be able to do they pay to do this they literally pay to do this and it's like i said this the other day to someone i said we get paid to be a part of something that people pay to compete in and pay to watch that's special and i don't so when it comes to like a certain ride or a run Watching Ryan Motes and Brock Hansen tie the world record way back when, that was special. And some of the calls that I've got to 
part when Zeke Thurston went, I think, 92 and a half on all or nothing last year in Salt Lake City. That was just one of those moments where you're like, was, did that, did that just happen? And so, yeah, it's just, it's just special all the way around. Anthony, I'll bring you back to it. Obviously, you guys are live when you do this stuff, especially now more than ever with Cowboy Channel on the app and on TV. And, and we get a kick out of sometimes, and I know you don't have control over it, but like you talk to little kids from mutton bussing and you have an elaborate question that you're deep in this deep dive, and the answer is like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, what, are, what, great. what are those moments like for you? Those are, honestly, they're priceless because the authenticity and the pureness and the the genuineness of those little kids where they just rode a sheep so their hearts pounding some of them are drying tears from their eyes but they realize that they did that and then when you go to talk to them it, <laughs> it's it's so funny some of the answers and i was actually just filling in for matt merritt the rodeo clown at fort worth because he was under the weather a couple days and uh you know i was kind of nervous because i'd been announcing and doing interviews with the athletes but no, okay, it's mutton busting time, and you never really know what they're going to say or how they're going to say it or if they are even going to talk, so you kind of got to be on your toes. But when that one little boy, when he just goes, yeah, it had no, 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 it wasn't pertaining to my question at all. But it's like those moments, they're so pure that it's just, I don't know, it's it's so cool. And even like with competitors at Fort Worth, I got to interview a lot of the winners and round winners and seeing their personalities or the guys that this is their first time, you know, there's a young man, Gavin Swallow, a steer wrestler from Louisiana, first time to Fort Worth. He wins a round, comes back, wins the semifinals. And you could genuinely see how nervous he was. He was super comfortable jumping off a horse, running 30 miles an hour onto the back of a steer and then throwing him down in 3.8 seconds. But by golly, if he's got 90 seconds to do an interview, it's terrifying. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I've I've been on the contestant side of it. Um, I felt the highs and the lows, more lows than highs, hence why I'm a rodeo announcer now and not going to the NFR every year in the team roping. Um, but, you know, that's just part of the, one of the neat things of my job is getting to really talk to those people and especially like the little kids in the mutton busting because you never know. You literally, that old show, kids say the darndest things. That's the real thing. Oh, one more question for you, Anthony, before we let you go. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, your rodeo career, then also getting into announcing and media. Take us back to when it first started, Anthony, because a reality TV show, a lot of different things. You know, take us back to, to that point uh, that kind of got you into this whole media deal. Yeah, so I started obviously traveling around with my dad, and he had Whiplash the Cowboy Monkey. And way back when, a guy named Steve Gander produced the world's toughest rodeos. And when I was probably... 13 or 14, because I could trick rope, he would have me do all the interviews, like early morning interviews before the announcer, the clown was up. He would, you know, Anthony, I'll give you 50 bucks if you show up at 4 a.m. and do these, you know, interviews and talk about, of course, that I was 13 years old. And I'm like, I'm rich. I'm rich. Um, but getting to talk to the media people and talk about the sport of rodeo, that started my, you know, I guess my journey into media and then being on America's Got Talent really kind of opened my eyes to things that are produced and the cameras and just that adrenaline that you feel. And then the reality TV show that I was on, what was that, in 2013, so 11 years ago, that was one of my uh, least favorite things that I did. But at the time, I was I was kind of coming off of my height of trick roping and team roping was, you know, 
you're there's a lot of dog days when you're team roping and uh and it was it paid a lot of money and allowed me to you know keep doing and keep doing stuff and keep entering and looking back um there's part of me that wants to go well that was the dumbest thing i've ever done but on the same hand was it because everything you do is a part of your journey and yes it's taken me a while to to where people they don't go oh you're from that show they go oh you're you're a rodeo announcer. Oh, you're a, you know what I mean? And so that's been the neatest thing, the journey. And so now I really get people because when they go, weren't you on a show? And I go, America's Got Talent? No, that wasn't it. And they go, uh, and I'll go, oh, when I hosted uh, on CBS Sports for for some rodeos. No, that wasn't it. And I'll be like, oh, Beach Shazam. I was on there a couple years ago with Jamie Foxx. And they're like, no, it was a reality show with some barrel racers. And I'm like, oh, well, I did, I did, uh, two seasons of the NBHA world finals from Perry, Georgia. Was that it? And they're like, no, what? It's not. And I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to make the point that I've done a lot of other things besides be on that dumb reality show. Okay. So let's move on. Yeah. Well, Anthony, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know that uh, Tracy and I appreciate all the work you do in the arena because, you know, we see uh, and we know what goes into all the hard work of trying to make a rodeo happen. Yeah, and hopefully we can cross paths with you sooner than later. I'm sure we will. And a tip of the hat to you guys, because starting this podcast, it is not easy to do a podcast and to get guests and to have good questions to ask and keep everybody engaged. And so thank you all for doing what you do in the PRCA office. And I know this isn't all you guys do, because I've seen the behind the scenes. You guys are two of the hardest workers I've ever met. And so thank you guys for keeping the, the engine running. Well, we appreciate it, Anthony. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll see you in San Antonio. Can't wait. Bye, guys. There it is, Anthony Lucia. Just a great guy, Tracy, and such a great story of how he got to this point, and he just continues to get better and better every day, like he says. Yeah, and when you have a media personality like Anthony, it's great to have him as a guest because he can elaborate on stories that, I mean, we, we know some of the stories, but he can elaborate and people can come on our podcast and really get an inside look at Anthony Lucia and some of the things they go to and just what he does as an announcer and just kind of his back history, how he got to this point. Yeah, so we can't appreciate him enough. That's going to do it for another episode of The Shoot Bosses. We thank you all for joining and watching us. You can catch all the episodes on our YouTube channel or also on your favorite podcast platform. But until then, keep on rodeoing.